Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Click Millionaire Success Show with your host, Scott Fox. It's time for another educational and entertaining episode that can help you work less and live more with your own internet lifestyle business. Well, hello there. It's time for Office Hours. I'm Scott Fox from Click Millionaires Masterminds Forum. Today we're going to talk about you and what you've got on your plate in terms of making yourself a Click Millionaire. That's right, Click Millionaire. That's the title of my latest book. And it's all about how you can find a niche, a passion, a hobby, an interest, a skill, and turn that into something that not only makes you some money, but builds you a lifestyle business that can, well, help you have a better life. Most of us are programmed to try and find a J-O-B, which some people call just over broke. <laughs> That's the idea that you go and you work for somebody else and you spend a lot of time jumping how high when they say jump and showing up at a certain time, a certain place, and wearing a certain kind of clothes and having lunch with the same people every day and all that other rigmarole, along with a fair bit of office politics or management challenges or, or maybe even relocation challenges or or unemployment challenges, that's what they lay you off unexpectedly. A better way, a different way, is the Click Millionaire way. The Click Millionaire way, well, Click Millionaire is a term I came up with when I wrote my last book, um, Click Millionaires. And it's about, well, it's not really so much about the millionaire part, although, of course, we want you to make some money. Money does make the world go round, unfortunately. But it's really about building an avocation, meaning a hobby, that can turn into a vocation, meaning a profession, a calling that you can use to make money while also enjoying yourself and prioritizing the things that you think are important instead of what your boss thinks is important. Instead of taking the holiday schedule that they dictate to you or negotiating with your colleagues about which days you can have off, you can do what I do. I get up, well, I get up when I want to get up. I go on vacation. Well, I just got back from vacation, actually, yesterday. And next week, I'm going on vacation again. <laughs> and that doesn't mean I'm not working all the time. In fact, I'm working a little bit all the time. But it's on stuff that I like to do. And it's stuff that interests me. It's businesses, websites that I've built that serve needs of other people. And that's what this program is about, helping you identify needs that you can serve that belong to other people, that they need served so badly that they'll pay you for it. And hopefully you have some fun along the way. Because the topics that you're serving are things that you know about or care about or are interested about. Or, okay, I'll admit it, maybe they're just things you don't really care about, but they make a lot of money, so you do them anyway. But you're doing it for yourself. That's what being a click millionaire is about. It's not so much the millionaire as the fact that the clicking can enable you to live more like a millionaire. That's really my concept. It's a little uh, word game there um, that um, we use to brand the books and, and the philosophy that's behind what I write about, which is Internet lifestyle businesses. So today we're going to talk about a bunch of questions. I have a bonanza of questions. I'm not sure we'll even get through them all today, um, but we're going to talk through. Uh, we've got stuff. Let's see here. We've got a web design question. We've got a question about social media and the value of Facebook. We've got a question on how to use these crazy Google Hangouts. <laughs> we have a question about marketing campaigns and what does that mean and how much do they cost. 
Uh, somebody wrote in, uh, Ron wrote in to ask about a book that I had mentioned in a previous episode that will tell you how to live abroad much cheaper. We have a very detailed question for one of our Masterminds members, Donna. Uh, she runs a romance travel magazine online and has some questions about upsells and a sales funnel. I have a scary announcement I want to share with you about Amazon.com. If you're an Amazon affiliate, I've got something you need to hear because I got a very scary email from them the other day that may invalidate all your Amazon links. If you're an Amazon associate, an affiliate marketer for Amazon.com, that is, stay tuned. Another question about how to start an online community, how to get more views to my YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. There's plenty here to talk about, and let's get going, all right? So the point is, this is for you, by me, for free, for you. And if this is interesting to you, please, right now, take a moment, share it with other people online. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the little share buttons underneath. If you're uh, watching a replay later, click the little share buttons underneath. If you are listening to the podcast, maybe on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes, please leave a review. Reviews help. Keep going because this is uh, really for free. It's also a bit of an upsell, I'll admit, for my Masterminds Forum. Let's get that out in the open. The Masterminds Forum is at uh, mastermindsforum.net, mastermindsforum.net. There's a free trial. Come on in. I work personally with the people there. It's a smaller private group, and we work on very personalized coaching strategy stuff to help people get their own momentum going to figure out this website stuff. Even if you don't even have a website or don't know how to start one, we'll help you with that. Or if you're an advanced student, you've already got a bunch of websites and you're working on, say, I don't know, uh, sales conversions or SEO or email marketing, how to build your email list, how to more effectively produce content and syndicate it, how to get more views for your YouTube channel, all that stuff. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I am a millionaire. (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to help by giving back to you guys, and hopefully some of you want to come and join the Masterminds Forum, and we'll help you there too. Okay, $39 a month, mastermindsforum.net. All right, enough commercials. Let's get going here. Let's see what uh, our uh, grab bag of questions from Click Millionaires readers around the world have given to us. First up, Jeffrey. Here we go. Jeffrey wrote in. I feel like David Letterman, right? Was that who used to do that? Or was it Leno? I don't know. No, it was uh, the late night guy, the Scottish guy. Oh, what's his name? He would always throw a whole lot of emails. Oh, he's off the air already. He was funny. I liked him. Anyway, anyway, Jeffrey writes in, Scott, I have a question I'd like to get your opinion on. Okay, Jeff. How important is the design aesthetic of a website? The main reason I ask is because I've seen sites that are not as pretty and yet seem to be really successful online. Craigslist is a perfect example. Would you give any reason as to why? I'm aware that content is king, but I just thought it would be good to get your take on it. Best, Jeff. All right, Jeff, well, thanks for the question. It's a great question, and it's a balance. A lot of being an entrepreneur is about resource management because you really only have one resource as a small business owner, you. You are the resource. So you have to learn how to balance your time effectively, and there's lots of ways you can spend it, right? You could spend it all on design and make something beautiful. You could spend spend it on making wonderful, amazing products. You could spend it on marketing. You could spend it on uh, email list building. You could spend it da 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 da. You could even spend it on getting some sleep now and then. <laughs> All those things are important as an entrepreneur. But you have to figure out your own balance to create your own lifestyle business and how you allocate between all these competing buckets. So design, I think, is critical, of course. And you know this because I know you're actually a web designer by trade. So we're talking a little bigger picture here, I think, because you know this. But you're trying to dig a little deeper. So here's what I'd say: the design aesthetic of a website is the most important thing 
until it's not. So a design has to be good enough that somebody can come in, figure out quickly what you're about, decide whether it's for them, and hopefully it also encourages them to take action, whatever the action is you want, usually buying something, reading something, signing up for an email list, something like that. You have to get them to those three things, react well, want more, and take action. If you can get them to take that action, the rest of the design is irrelevant. So that's the trick, and that's why Craigslist works. Craigslist is amazing because it's the ugliest, well, maybe not the ugliest, but one of the most ugly websites on the Internet. And I've heard Craig Newmark interviewed about this, and he says, you know, we get lots of emails. I'm paraphrasing here. I remember he did an interview. I think it was in Wired a few years ago, and it made a lot of sense to me. He said, we get lots and lots of emails from people complaining about why this link doesn't work or that such and such doesn't work. Nobody complains about the design because the rest of it works. And that's what you've got to remember as a designer. You've got to make this as pretty as possible so that, again, people are, are pleased when they arrive, they feel like it's for them, they want more, and they take action. But once they've figured out how to do that, hopefully in an efficient way, get you the sales or the conversions, whatever it is you're after, the design, not so important anymore. They've crossed that bridge. So the goal is to remember that what the person wants is what you're offering, not the design in and of itself. And I see this a lot. Those of you with me a while know expertwebsitereviews.com. I'll type that into the chat room there. And if anybody does want to type in a chat uh, question, go ahead. But expertwebsitereviews.com. That's a site that I run. It's a little service where we review websites. And we often do that on this show, although we didn't get any submissions today. But if you'd like to see, um, see me on video going through people's websites and pointing out different things, you'll see a bunch of examples where the website is too pretty. And too pretty is a big problem because it gets so pretty, people get lost in the design. Oh, it's gorgeous. Wow, what a pretty picture. And the designers forget the calls to action. They forget the buy buttons. They forget to make it easy. They forget the point of the website is to make the sale. The point is, these are not art galleries, right? These are sales tools of one kind or another. It's a sales tool. And you want everything in your design to drive people toward that objective. And if it's not, the extra prettiness is actually hurting your sales, and that's counterintuitive. So it's really hard to find web designers who also understand the business importance of getting the sale. And that's what I always look for in web designers that I work with, for example. So the summary, I guess, Jeff, is content is king. Design is – I'd say it's the other way around. You, well, or marketing is king. I don't know. All these things are important and go together. But you want it to be good enough, it's a Goldilocks solution. You know the Goldilocks story? The girl walks in and she fits – you know, she tastes the oatmeal, oh, too hot, too cold, just right. He sits on the chair, too hard, too soft, just right. That's what you want. You want it to be pretty enough to people to go, wow, this is professional, looks cool, it has credibility, I trust this environment, I'm interested, I'm going to keep going, and then it leads them down the path to the click, the conversion. That's what you want. And um, Craigslist does that very well because they serve a real need, like I said at the top of the show. Any real business is based on serving need, and they're serving a real need that converts people to action. And that's what you need to do. What's the need you're serving? And make sure that your website is credible enough that people trust it to serve that need. All right. Hope that made sense. Um, and that's our first question of the day. Thank you very much, Jeffrey. All right, let's keep going. If you just tuned in, I'm Scott Fox. I'm from the Click Millionaires Masterminds Forum. You can learn more about that at mastermindsforum.com.
Net. There's a free trial. Come on, it's only $39 a month anyway. And I'm in there all the time along with members from all over the world. And we'd be happy to help you learn more about how to build an Internet business also. Next up, let's talk to our other repeat questioner, Daniel. Daniel's from Los Angeles, I think. And Daniel has, oh, this is a good one too. This is, today looks like a lot of strategy questions. We'll get into some more specifics here. Yeah, we're going to talk about Google Hangouts in a minute. I've got to give you this news about Amazon.com as well. Oh, and that book recommendation. Okay, we've got some. If you're listening and you want to go into the chat room, if you're watching the Hangout live, uh, roll your mouse over. Let's see, roll your mouse over that way, and you can pop out a menu, and that menu will give you a. Um, the menu will give you a pop out up at the top. Click on the little blue thing in the corner, and that will pop out a chat room on the other side, and then you can type in a question if you'd like. Okay. Um, I got distracted by my own Google Hangout toolbox there for a second. Turn that off. There we go. Okay. So um, our next question is about social media, Facebook in particular. Scott, thank you for continuing to field my questions. I greatly appreciate it, and you are really helping to fine-tune my business. You're welcome, Daniel. This month I have a question about social media. Oh, as Daniel pointed out, we do this monthly. I don't think we're going to do it in August because I'll be on vacation. <laughs> but we'll do it again in September, okay? So watch uh, social media and watch the clickmillionaires.com blog um, and my newsletters for September. It's the mid-September, whatever that Wednesday is. It's probably like the 15th or something. Let me just check here. 16th. I think it's September 16th. All right, we'll be back. But anyway, so this month, Daniel says, I have a question about social media. I want to focus on Facebook. I have both a personal and a business page. I've also joined several groups in my niche. I'm active in conversations, and I don't spam unless the group says it's okay for me to post announcements and such. Good. What, am I, what I am very confused about here is how does just chatting with people in a friendly manner lead to sales? I'm afraid I don't see the brilliance of social media here. Please advise. Thank you kindly, Daniel. All right. Daniel doesn't see the brilliance of social media. How does just chatting with people in a friendly manner lead to sales? Well, that is a damn good question, Daniel. And the fact is, it doesn't necessarily. To really answer this question, you've got to back up a little. Social media is a revolution. It's a staggering way to connect with lots of people that you would never meet otherwise. And social media marketing runs on the principle that people most often buy from those they know, like, and trust. Know, like, and trust. That's an old salesman's adage probably from, um, I don't know, Jay Abraham or, or uh, one of those old sales trainer guys. People buy from those they know, like, and trust. So traditional sales training has often been about building relationships. You go, you know, if you sell cars and somebody walks into your dealership, you go, hey, how are you today? You make good friends with them. If you sell copying machines... Uh, into offices or you sell donuts at 7-Eleven, whatever it is, you're going to sell more. If you're friendly and you build a relationship, even if it's just a 30-second transaction for a 50-cent donut or it's a two-year long-term relationship-building sale for, say, a house or a, or a boat or something big, it's all based on relationships. That's where social media came in. Um, it's been... Gosh, I guess it's been about 10 years now that social media has really kicked in, uh, but especially in the last five years, that everybody's drunk the Kool-Aid about social media being a great sales tool, including Facebook. And this is why, because social media sales was an absolute revelation, revolution 
just astonishing change of the way sales had traditionally been done. Traditionally, you could only sell to people that you met face-to-face. Otherwise, you would do big marketing campaigns, advertising on billboards and television and radio. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. That probably hurt your ears there. I apologize. It was really, it was all about helping people um, connect and um, with people that they didn't know and then bring them into the sales room at the dealership or the store, right? But social media allowed you to go out and meet thousands of people that you never would otherwise and chat them up online. Now, that was a revelation for salesmen who have been trained the traditional way, and it's why for a long time, including in my second book, uh, E-Rich is 2.0, which is, um, let's see, where here, here, this one. Um, I talk a lot about that myself because this was written in 2009 when this was just amazing. Everybody, oh my goodness, you can meet all these people for free and make friends and build the relationships that can lead to sales. And that's still true, but it turns out that that is true more in contrast to the old way of doing things then it's true just in and of itself. And here's why. The old way, you had to meet people one-on-one. Acquiring new customers very expensive. These days, you can meet people super cheap, free. As you say, you are active on Facebook with a book personal on a business page, join several groups, active in conversations, et cetera, et cetera. You're chatting with people in a friendly manner. Suddenly you have 1,000 friends, maybe 10,000, maybe 100,000 friends. Or on Twitter, 100,000 followers or Google Plus, or Instagram, or Snapchat, whatever you're doing, right? All of these have these, we've redefined what it means to be a friend. That wasn't possible in the old days. It just wasn't possible. The most connected people had, you know, maybe a thousand people that they were in touch with, and they were all little paper cards in a Rolodex, right? Um, There was just not the day-to-day sort of contact we have now, which meant that it seemed like, wow, if I can suddenly meet 5,000 people and have 5,000 friends, I can sell to all of them. It turns out, I think that social media were realizing you can't sell 5,000 people one-on-one. You just don't have the time. Who has the time, right? There's so many media now, as I just named, you know, Pinterest, Google+, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. You could spend your whole life on any one of those channels and then you wouldn't have any time to do anything else, et cetera, et cetera. It just doesn't scale. It doesn't scale. So the trick is, now finally here's the answer, Daniel. Focusing on Facebook may not lead to sales if all you're doing is chatting people and making friends. The trick is you have to turn that into a sales conversation and yeah, that's awkward. The only people that used to do that were those multi-level marketing people, right? Like your cousin, you meet at the family reunion. Hey, you want to buy some detergent? <laughs> you know, I've got the best weight loss shakes or want to sign up for my prepaid legal plan? You know, all these little multi-level marketing pyramid scams that would get non-sales people into sales roles and they would try to talk to their relations and friends to do this. But social media has turned into that. You've got a 1,000 friends. Well, maybe 10 of them are real friends, maybe even 100. But the other 900... Not so much. So the trick is, and it's what we talk a lot about in the Masterminds Forum, is how to turn those conversations into a sales process without being that awkward guy who's, you know, handing out business cards at the wedding reception. You know, this is, if it's a social group, you want to be a credible member of the group. And that's what social media is good for. And after picking on Facebook here, let me talk about what it's good for. It's good for establishing credibility. It's good for finding groups of people who are already collected around a common interest. You sell lawn furniture, and look, there's a bunch of groups on Facebook of people that love and collect lawn furniture. Well, there you go. That's pre-selected. 
That also didn't exist before social media. To reach those people meant buying expensive ads in the very limited circulation, lawn furniture collector's magazine, <laughs> or whatever your you know, metaphor or analogy is, right? So that's the plus side. You can find these groups. You can reach them. You can have friendly conversations. Then it's the challenge for you to upstream that into a conversation that leads to a business conversation. This can be particularly awkward if it's a social setting or perhaps you're in a forum for like a medical condition or something, right? And these are people you really know. It can be awkward. And you need to figure out how to position yourself as an information provider. And here we go back to my first point at the top of the show, a solutions provider. What are problems that this niche of people has? What solutions can you provide? How can you help? How can you help? That's number one rule. In fact, that's literally the number one rule in the uh, Cliff Millionaire's book. There's seven principles in the book that talk about designing a lifestyle business around your own needs. Not just to make money, but how to design a business around your own lifestyle. And the number one is to stop thinking about yourself and find a need that other people have. You need to find a need that is greater than your own need to make money a need that is greater than your own need to make money. You put others first, figure out what they need, find a friendly, helpful way to offer that in a social style conversation in social media, and they will buy. That's what Facebook is good for. Now, that's a lot harder for um, non-need products. Like Daniel, I know you're, you're a, an author and a creative person. You're trying to sell stories. People don't need stories, unfortunately. They need aspirin for their headache. They need new tires, things like that, right? They need solutions. And this is a lot easier if you can figure out what headache they have and sell them aspirin. But if you can't figure that out, <laughs> social media is a great place to do it because you're the guy that offers the solution. All right, I hope that helped. That was kind of discursive, but it's a big question and it's worth talking about. Um, PR and uh, billboards and ads, that was the old way. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the new way is social media. And you have to figure out how to scale it so you have a lot of contact to make and friendly solutions to people's problems. All right. Up next, let's talk about well, – here's a quick one. Let's do a quick one. That was a long one, so let's do a quick one here. Um, Ron. Ron wrote in, and Ron said – Hi, Scott. In a previous office hour session, you mentioned a book written by a friend of yours that discusses living in other countries and getting the maximum power of your money there. I forgot to write the name of the book and author down. Now, I'm trying to get a copy of it, but I can't remember the names. Could you tell me what they are again? Thanks, Ron. Sure, Ron. I was talking about um, Tim Leffel's book called A Better Life for Half the Price. A Better Life for Half the Price by Tim Leffel. That last name is uh, capital L-E-F-F-E-L, -F -F -E Tim Leffel, just like it sounds. And Tim's book is A Better Life for Half the Price, and the subtitle is How to Prosper on Less Money in the Cheapest Places to Live. So it's a great book, actually. I wrote one of the blurbs on the cover. If you go to Amazon.com, you can find it. I think it's $19. And it's a very useful book if you're someone who's thinking about relocating to a uh, non-U.S. country or a non-industrialized uh, country, might be a way to put it and trying to save a lot of money in your living costs. Money goes a lot farther 
well, almost anywhere <laughs> in, in the big urban centers of the United States. Um, so uh, Tim's website, CheekLivingAbroad.com. And this is a good book. I don't often do this. I get blurbs for books I like. I thought it was a complimentary um, uh, set of information for Click Millionaires type folks because it had chapters. It was very specific. It had chapters on Mexico and Ecuador and Panama and Honduras and Peru, like a whole bunch of Central American and South American countries. And he went all around the world. He had um, Thailand and Cambodia, Malaysia, and then uh, India and Nepal and around over to Eastern Europe, Bulgaria, Hungary, all the way to Portugal. So he did specific research in each of these countries. And there's a bunch of strategy chapters, too, about the different um, cost of living opportunities and how to adjust this and that. And the idea is really to arbitrage getting paid in a developed country and living in a less developed country. So you get full strength dollars and then you get paid in dollars, but you're spending them in, in pesos or baht or um, whatever the local currency is so that things are less expensive for you. And um, Tim's actually done this himself. When I last talked to him, he was living in Mexico with his family. So this isn't like this isn't like four-hour work week, like, hey, I'm a young single guy. I'm going to travel around because I have no obligations, right? Uh, which is cool, and I've done that, but it doesn't apply to a lot of us. Uh, Tim's book is about taking his family and living in other places, so I'd recommend it to you. It's A Better Life for Half the Price, How to Prosper on Less Money in the Cheapest Places to Live by Tim Leffel, and you can find it at Amazon.com or CheapLivingAbroad.com. And if you go and buy it, uh, tell Tim that Scott Fox sent you. <laughs> All righty. So um, let's see. Thanks for those of you who are tuning in. I can see a bunch of you there watching us, and we're making progress. It looks like we're almost halfway through this uh, program today. And this is a monthly thing, except for next month, like I said. But I'm Scott Fox from ClickMillionaires.com. That's where my blog is. And the forum, the private coaching forum at mastermindsforum.net. That's a forum I've been running privately. You know that's been up since 2009. i got to say, most of the folks you see giving advice on the Internet, well, they're not still around six years later. And actually, my first book came out. I started writing that in 2004. So I've been doing this. I've been doing it for 20 years, but I've been actually helping other people do this for more than 10. And there aren't too many people with that kind of track record. So if you're looking for somebody who can help you, I'd be happy to help. All right, next up, Marv. Marv has written in, and Marv, and Marv is a first-time writer as far as I know, and so is Ron. So welcome to both of you guys. I wrote in and yesterday and he posted on the Google Plus page for this event and he said, this is a tricky one, he said, I got Google Hangouts on Air is still an enigma to me. I would love it if you could discuss, one, how us online marketers can start a Hangout on Air, two, how our clients and audience can join a Hangout on Air. I tried using it yesterday for my coaching client and I failed to get her in as a guest to share her screen with me. She keeps on getting directed to the Google Plus page just for viewing and not for participating. There is no one resource on the Internet about it. I had to look at different Udemy and YouTube videos, etc., but still I had to search for hours for a solution, and uh, thanks, uh, Marv. Thanks, Marv. It sounds like you still didn't find it. Okay, Marv, so I have no good news for you here. Hangouts on air are a mess. Google is the smartest company on Earth as far as I can tell, and they, their user interfaces suck. They suck. I, I can't believe that they run this operation with such terrible interfaces. So my answers are, Marv, you're not crazy. It's really freaking hard to figure this stuff out. Two, just when you do, they change it. Three, 
Uh, I don't have a three, except they still suck, okay? <laughs> so let, me, let me tell you what I've learned, and maybe this will help. And this, is, this applies to anybody listening, because Hangouts on Air are a, an amazing free tool. That's the problem. I, I don't want to complain too loudly, because Google, we're doing this right now for free. God, how could you complain about that, right? So I, I, my, my complaints are the tail on the dog, all right? The dog is a prize-winning golden retriever, okay? But the tail is a mess. So here's what I do, Marv, and I've learned this the hard way. Okay, one, Google Events and Google Hangouts on Air are different things. You do not want to schedule it as an event. You have to schedule it as a Hangout on Air. It's not clear anywhere, but that's my experience. There's also a third option, which is just a Hangout. Not a Hangout on Air, but a Hangout. That's actually a private video call, which is not a Hangout on Air, but just a hangout. That's not explained anywhere. I had to figure this out, and I still get it wrong sometimes. So if you want to just talk with your client, as you suggested yesterday, you were with your coaching client, and you failed to get her in as a guest to share her screen with you, as you said in your post to me, you probably don't need a hangout on air. You can just use a hangout, especially if it's a private call. As a private call, you can share things just as you do with uh, this Hangout on Air, okay? And I use Google Hangouts, not Google Hangouts on Air, and not an event, but Google Hangouts with the Masterminds group. In Masterminds form, I do these calls every two weeks, and we only have five or six of us at a time, and we talk every two weeks, so we really get to know each other, and this is the biggest benefit, actually, of being a Masterminds member. We work directly together, and um, those weeks on Wednesday, when you're not watching these free public uh, editions of this show, I'm doing it privately with Mastermind, again, not as a hangout on air, but just as a hangout. And that's what I would recommend to you, a hangout. Now, if you want to do the hangout on air, again, it's not an event. You have to go into hangouts on air. And then when she wants to join you, sometimes there's a blue button that only shows up uh, right before call time, which is about this big, like I'm talking like an inch by half inch high that says join the call. And that only shows up like, I don't know, five minutes, ten minutes at most before the call time, and you can click that and come right in. But that's on the Google Plus page, not the event page, but the Hangout on Air page. Click on that and you'll be in. What's even more confusing is that in the Hangouts, not the Hangouts on Air, they don't use that button as far as I can tell consistently. You have to go over on the other side of the screen. If you're looking at the screen, the Join button will be on your left, and over on this side where it says like the date and time are the buttons that you as the host need to click on to start it. And since I'm usually the host, maybe that's where you need to send your uh, visitor as well um, to click over there. It's a pain. And I swear I figured it out about twice over the last two years, and each time I did they changed the interface. So very poor branding. Why is a Hangout sound exactly like a Hangout on Air? Why do they hide, not make the links more obvious? Why do events not roll right into Hangouts and vice versa? I sure don't know, but that's as much as I can help you, at least offhand. The real answer, try it 50 times. And try it before you do a big broadcast like this one for the public. Try it again. Set up a couple dummy accounts with different browsers or different PCs or have your friends and try it because it changes. Really annoying, really dumb way beneath the standard service that we think Google should offer. But then again, it's free. <laughs> I can't complain, and I'll stop complaining now. Anyway, Marv, I hope that's helpful to you because I find it incredibly annoying and incredibly surprising, actually. So hopefully somebody from Google is listening to this, 
clean that up, guys. It's not that hard. Really not that hard. Give them different names and have the different things feed into each other. It's not rocket science. I mean, you're, you're doing plenty of rocket science already. This is easy stuff. All right. So enough ranting. I hope that's helpful. Um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about today? Um, got a bunch more questions here. And if you're coming in late, you can definitely join us in the chat room. Um, so we're still going to talk about well, – next we're going to talk about online marketing campaigns. And then I will tell you about this scary email I got from Amazon that could really hurt your affiliate marketing income. And uh, we're going to talk about a community platform called Ming, YouTube Views, and then I have an inspiring quote from the famous Brazilian author Paulo Coelho. All right, so Jeff is back. He says, I have a question about campaigns. Oftentimes I hear about companies that spend millions of dollars for an online marketing campaign. What exactly are companies doing when they use this word campaign? Have you, Scott, ever spent hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars on a campaign? If so, what did you do? Okay, well, so uh, online marketing campaign, well, let's back up. A marketing campaign, this is a lot like what, um, Dan, was it Daniel earlier? Yeah, Daniel was asking about why does social media so amazing? You're missing, he was missing the brilliance of it. Well, it's because the old way of marketing was this campaign idea. You didn't deal directly with customers. There was just no way unless they called your 800 number or wrote you a letter. You had to take out ads in high-traffic places like billboards or sports stadiums or put TV commercials up or radio commercials um, and hope that people would see that stuff and then come and contact you or walk into your store. Or you would do public relations, which would be more like try to get the press to cover your new product or your new service, whatever your thing you're selling, you try to get the Wall Street Journal to write about it or Better Homes and Gardens to do a feature article or to get mentions on the Today Show, this kind of thing. That's public relations. And that's what a marketing campaign is, uh, Jeff. It's, it's all that kind of stuff. And you can see that that costs a lot of money. If you're going to buy a bunch of Super Bowl commercials or even a bunch of late-night cable access television commercials, that costs real money. If you're going to um, spend money to hire a bunch of publicists to try to get your CEO or yourself an appearance on the Today Show or the Rush Limbaugh Show or the Tonight Show or whatever it is you watch, that takes money and people with relationships who are expensive. That evolved into online campaigns, which often means pay-per-click advertising. So you, uh, it's a big change because you're actually putting up ads that you only pay for once people click, which is a lot different than buying roadside billboards, right, that you pay no matter whether anybody buys anything or not. Um, but the pay-per-click ads, you still pay, and those go directly towards targeted groups of people who are searching for that kind of information. But again, that can add up fast. And have I spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on campaigns? Absolutely. Um, you, if you really want to get traction on the Internet quickly, you can buy it. It's called advertising. And you can buy pay-per-click ads, and you can spend $1,000 overnight if you'd like on any topic and get a bunch of people on your website. It'll cost you $1,000 or, or at least you know, tens of dollars. Or, but you could spend a million dollars as well if you'd like. You can bet that big money companies are spending millions of dollars a year with Google. Uh, most of all, 90 plus percent of Google's ad re of revenue is from advertising, from pay-per-click ads. And it's not the $100 campaign that I'm running. It's the $10 million campaign that the mortgage brokers are running and the car salesmen and the uh, lawyers and people like that are spending big money on pay-per-click. And that's where Google's money really comes from. It's, in fact, it's the only successful business from a profit point of view, that Google had. It's that advertising. 
So those campaigns are – that's what marketing campaigns are, Jeffrey. It's, it's all that combination. It's kind of used as a broad brush. It means advertising. It means public relations. It can mean events, right? You go out and you throw a party and hope that people come and buy your stuff or that the local TV station comes and covers it. All that is marketing campaigns. Um, they call it a campaign, I guess, because it's like an election campaign or a military campaign. It has phases usually, right? Your, your first stage is you do a bunch of TV ads, and the second stage is you put up billboards, and the third stage is once you've created awareness, then you buy a million dollars worth of pay-per-click ads so that when people come online, they say, oh, yeah, that's, I saw that billboard. Oh, I guess I will click on that, that kind of thing. It's a campaign stage. So that's what a, an online marketing campaign can be. And I hope that answers your question, because if you're thinking about that, the real revolution that happened in the last 10 years is that you didn't have to spend a lot of money anymore on a marketing campaign. That's the same question and from a different way that Daniel was asking earlier. It's what the second book, uh, E-Riches 2.0, is all about. You can reach lots of people for free now in social media. So you can go out on Twitter all day and tweet away, and you'll meet a bunch of people. You can go on Facebook. You can go on Instagram. You can go on Pinterest you know, YouTube, whatever. All those are ways to meet people that don't cost you any actual cash. And historically, well, that's the big deal. Now, especially if you're under probably 30, that just seems normal to you. But that was amazing <laughs> 10 years ago, and it continues to amaze if you do it right. Because if you can get, you know, a viral video on YouTube, bam, literally a million people can show up and watch your video overnight. And if you've done that right, that might lead to sales that kind of thing. That didn't used to be possible. And that's what marketing campaigns are all about and why social media continues to be such a big deal because if you really hit it right, it doesn't take cash. It does take time. And that's what people didn't used to count for so much. Um, and there didn't used to be so many social networks to soak up all your time either. You used to be able to um, just kind of hang out on Twitter and Facebook and you'd kind of have things covered or maybe LinkedIn if you were doing more of a business sale. Um, and that was kind of it. But now there's so many networks that it really does take real time, which, of course, translates into real money. All right. So how are we doing here? Are we all right? Thumbs up from the chat room. I hope everybody's enjoying this. Hey, if you're listening to this later as a podcast, you're going to find out that it cuts off in about seven minutes. And it's going to cut off abruptly because this podcast is actually just a backup to the video show that we do over on YouTube and on Google+. Plus. This replay will post on Google Plus and on YouTube at the Scott Fox channel, which is youtube.com slash Scott Fox and the number one. And you can come watch it anytime. And you can listen to it in iTunes as a podcast, but you only get the first 45 minutes because Blog Talk Radio cuts off after that. But it's free, so we're getting we're good with that for now. But if you'd like more, visit YouTube and watch the replay or come join me on Google Plus. And I'm, by the way, if you're just tuning in, to Scott Fox from ClickMillionaires.com and the ClickMillionaires Masterminds Forum, which is where we have discussions like this 24-7 in our forum, and I'm happy to work with you personally if you'd like more personal strategy advice like this. So here we go. Here's an example. Donna Beasley wrote in from Chicago. Donna's a Masterminds member. She had a really interesting question that I thought I'd share with all of you today and get into more detail. Um, like I do in our private Masterminds Hangouts. Uh, we'll do this in the forum as well. But when we talk in the Hangouts, we can really get into detail like I'm going to do right now as an example. So Donna, I'm going to summarize this. This is kind of a long email with some great photos and examples. But Donna is working on implementing sales funnels for her two main products. And she is a publisher for a romance travel magazine. Okay, Romance travel magazine. And she has some great art, which I'll show you in a minute. 
um, clearly gets the content creation aspect of this stuff. Nice work, Donna. Okay, so she's trying to figure out is how to add more products to upsell people as they come through her sales funnel. She's looking for value-added offer ideas. Right now her funnel consists just of an opt-in page. So they opt in, and I presume you mean Donna, that they give you your, their email address. And when they click that, that goes to a page where they can learn more. And if they're interested, they buy something. So, so far she has a free ebook to get them to opt in in the first place. And that's called The Best Romantic Destinations in the Caribbean. Yes, and there it says, they'll automatically be added to my newsletter list. So I'm trying to show you the picture here. Where to go? There it is. Okay. There. Best Romantic Destinations in the Caribbean. Very nice. Okay, so that's the ebook. Now that's, first of all, done a nice work, very attractive cover. This is right in the sweet spot for your target audience, I presume. Um, you're doing the right thing, offering them something nice. You put some design work into the cover, which is great. So many people do this ebook; they put all their energy in the ebook, and the cover looks dumb or amateur, and then nobody wants to download it, and they don't know why. The cover is key, and you've got the cover thing down, as I will share with everybody as I show some more pictures in. Okay, so once they opt in, then you give them a one-year paid subscription offer, uh, six issues to your uh, romance travel magazine at a 50% discount. That sounds like a great upsell to me, Don. Okay, and here's a cover. There's some cover art for that for those of you who are watching. Oh, camera's having a little trouble focusing there. Come on, there we go. Romance travel. Looking pretty good there. Okay, so she's not sure what to offer next. Here's our question, gang, all right? Here's Donna's question. She's got these people in. They've opted in. They have maybe or maybe not bought the magazine, but what else can she offer? That's what she's asking. So she has another ebook she could offer. Uh, suggested price point of 19.95. The Romance Ladies Travel Guide to the 50 Sexiest Destinations to Woo Your Lover. Wow, <laughs> that's, uh, that's some sexy stuff. And look at this cover. She's almost not safe for work. Look at that. That's some pretty, pretty sexy stuff there going on in the waterfall there. Okay, good stuff. Um, that's her third, and then fourth, she's not sure, and then fifth, she's thinking about getting them to sign up for a pre-planned, done-for-you romantic getaway, um, which is about $3,000 per person. costs them no more. She makes a commission and a fee per person for organizing. Um, and there you go. Okay, so Donna, um, so what can she do better about this funnel, all right? So we've got just a quick review, an e-book for free, then they get offered the magazine for um, half off, then they get an e-book offer for $19.95, and then they get a um, $3,000 cruise offer. Uh, and she's looking for more. Donna, here's my answer. Why? Those are great. Why do you need more? You really need, you've got one, two, three, four solid programs there, each of which I presume is pretty profitable for you. The, the first three are digital, and you're going to keep 100% of the profit pretty much, um, which is what most people want to do anyway. And then you have this uh, cruise, I guess, a romantic getaway trip, $3,000 a person since you're selling commissions, that's six grand. Your commission on that's got to be good. Um, I'm not sure what you're looking for. I guess I could have said that more succinctly. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it till now. Um, I will say that in the masterminds forum to you as well. But that sounds fine to me. I'm not sure what you think you're lacking here. If we're, if you are lacking something, I think it would be this. You go from um, free to five dollars and forty nine cents to nineteen ninety five, um, and then you jump to $3,000. I guess that's what you're looking for. You need something in between, right? So you've got these people, they're into it. What can you price something that's say in the $200 range or the $500 range to jump from 1995 to 6,000? 
pretty big leap. So maybe that's what you're, the subtext of what you're asking. My answer would be, and this is the part I did think about earlier, would be affiliate products. Maybe there are products out there that you could rep, right, as in represent, like you are these uh, getaways. I would go and think about affiliate products. Um, are there other Rome travel was a good one. I thought of that also, but you've kind of got that, so I'd leave that alone. Maybe travel's not the one, or maybe there are lower priced travel ones. Maybe. Um, how about gifts for lovers, or um, you know, anniversaries, or romantic gifts? How about lingerie? How about um, sex toys? <laughs> There's lots of ways to go with the romance angle, right? Uh, you've got the travel thing pretty well covered, I think. But how about the romance and sex part of it? It seems like there would be a fair number of things available in the world that you could be an affiliate for. Uh, in particular, we've got Amazon, and I'm going to tell you about an Amazon issue that we all have in a minute. Um, but there are also many other stores that offer uh, different products around romance and clothing and uh, so forth. Um, but another resource that might be useful to you is ClickBank. ClickBank.com, just like it sounds, ClickBank.